podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair, and it's the highs and lows of Manchester City that we're going to talk about this week. A brilliant performance, particularly in the second half, to beat Arsenal and go top of the league on Wednesday. And then on Saturday, two drop points following the one-all draw at Nottingham Forest. This week, of course, the Champions League, the Champions League returns with a trip to Leipzig on Wednesday and a league game at the weekend against 17th place Bournemouth. All that to discuss and much more with three guests. Welcome to Nick Goldstone. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nigel. Welcome to Stato Paul Denby. Hi, Paul. Hi, Nigel. And welcome to Tony Newgrosh. Hi, Tony. Hi, Ned. Listen, let's start with the positives. Let's start with Arsenal. Um, and particularly a brilliant, a brilliant second half performance. I thought, uh, Paul Denby, what did you make of that? I saw your son there actually on the on the way out the ground. He sort of grabbed me around the neck as he walked past. He said he tried to strangle you. Yes, I saw him on the way out as well. Um, no, it was a fantastic second half performance, as you said, Nigel. Um, first half was fairly balanced. I think they possibly just had the better chances, but we we hit the bar as well, and we had some good efforts. I thought we played really, really well and controlled the second half and showed them in that side of the game why we're the champions and what we're going to do our best to defend that title. Um, I couldn't complain about anything in that second half. We just controlled the game, didn't give them too many opportunities, uh, and we took our chances well. Um, it could have been even more because we had one cleared off the line. Uh, their keeper sort of made a save when Harlan didn't quite control it, but I'm not complaining about that. It was it was a great performance, and we just hope that that would have carried on till Saturday, which we'll talk about in, in due course, uh, and for the rest of the season, because that was some performance, I thought. What stood out for you, Nick? What was particularly pleasing about that performance for you? Uh, I, I, I thought we we hung in really well. I don't think it was I don't think it was a classic game um, in the in the same way that a lot of the sort of recent Liverpool games have been uh, with with between us and them when we've when we've both been on our on our top game. I thought it was a little bit scrappy. Um, uh, the best thing, I guess, was that we took our chances. Um, the uh, I thought De Bruyne's goal was superb. I thought second half, you know, it, it, I, I mean, in some ways, all of our goals came from Arsenal mistakes. That's not, you know, that's not the end of the world. Just got to put them away. And we did, you know, on that occasion, we scored our goals. And Tony Harland, let, let's start with with that goal then, because you know it was at the other end, of course, for us. And I don't think until I got home and saw the highlights and uh, watched it time and time again, I don't think I quite appreciated what a brilliant goal it was because he just took in his stride. I don't think he even looked up and he just hit it first time, albeit as Nick rightly says, from an Arsenal defensive error. But what a goal! And and just gave us that momentum that we took into the second half. What, what a superstar! I think some gave him man of the match. I'm not sure myself whether I would have given him man of the match, but it was it was a fantastic goal all the same. No, a fantastic play to set him up by KDB. It just shows every time we inject a bit of pace and urgency into the play, we look so much more dangerous. But yes, I was I was actually in the Arsenal end. I was right behind that one. Beautiful first touch. I mean, he did really well to control it so quickly. And then just an unerring finish into the bottom corner. Sweet as a nut. We could enjoy the last few minutes. Loved it. 
Um, I think I was talking about the Haaland goal, actually. So I was talking about the De Bruyne goal, and I must have said Haaland. I? Then <laughs> I've confused all of us now. Um, sorry, that's my mistake. It must, it must be late. Um, listen, we have three goals. Let's, let's talk about Jack's goal then as well, then, Stato, because we've talked about it in the last few weeks, actually, on, on the podcast, because he has been... Um, sensational I think in some games I think he's found his form he's got a bit of confidence about him and uh, to get on the score sheet you could see how much it meant to him as well running towards those City fans he was delighted and just picking up on the point that Nick mentioned yes there were mistakes but there were mistakes brought about by our pressure as well I think all three goals their players were all under pressure to release the ball and then the play from the moment that Bernardo got the ball fed it on to Haaland then fed it on to Gundogan, who just let it run through a slight touch onto Grealish. It was fantastic play, and Grealish was delighted. You could see it in his face. Ran, run, ran over to the city supporters. Apparently, on, on an interview, he said, "I nearly took my shirt off, but then I realised I'd already been booked, so I'd have been off. Uh, so good job he didn't." But he, he's playing really well at the moment. I'm really pleased for him because he sees a, he's a he's a genuinely nice guy as well. When you hear him interviewed. He wears his heart on his sleeve and he wants to do well for himself and for the team. And he's, he's great. Uh, and I, I like him. But it was, it was a great goal. So you can pick whichever goal you like, Nick, because I've confused everybody here sort of with the, the KDB goal to start with. Then we have the Harlan, the first touch that Tony talked about, which was fantastic to the finish and the Grealish goal. One of those goals, or was it just that second half performance itself, Nick, where we, we did look like champions? I mean, we, we took them to the cleaners in that second half. We were by far the better side, um, scored the goals and, uh, and really just, just didn't look like losing that one at all. We were on top almost the whole of the second half. Well, yeah, I mean, what I would say about the Grealish goal is that he didn't really hit it that cleanly. It got a little deflection, but it went in, so who cares? I mean, it's just, you know, it's just a turnaround of um, of fortunes for him in a way because there are so many times when he is hitting the ball cleanly that it's, for whatever reason, it's not going in, that, you know, you've just got to keep going. Um, I, yeah, I... As I said before, I have to say, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, obviously an incredible result. It didn't feel like the greatest ever performance. It just felt like we did a more professional job, if you like, than Arsenal at the end of the day, because they faded away and it was them that made errors and we capitalised. Um, I did. So I was just going to say, I, I mean, I felt that I mean, we haven't talked about the Arsenal goal yet um but, i'm going to come on but, to that next that's exactly what i was going we next. do I, I mean i you know at half time okay we just conceded to a ludicrous penalty but i did feel that after we scored and went ahead that we sat back um and i thought we we handed a bit of the initiative back to arsenal which was a bit disappointing but it turned out fine in the end so what about the penalty then, Tony? We always like to talk about sort of controversial decisions here. Um, some would argue, and I'll give you my view at the end, um, that actually those sort of things should be given because actually it was a foul. Um, Edison on Nketiah, how did you see it? Well, as I say, I was in the Arsenal end. I've never been in the ground before where 60,000 people have absolutely no idea why a penalty was given. Not one Arsenal penalty for it. None of the players seemed to realise, even after the referee had pointed, the players just looked utterly confused. They were just surrounding the referee, not to argue against the decision, but to just try and understand what the decision was. So I think that tells you a lot. Personally, he didn't impede him getting the shot away. 
I've seen as a as a fullback long since retired. How many times has a fullback sort of trying to challenge the winger and catch him just as he crosses the ball? It's never pulled back. I thought it was I thought it was extraordinarily harsh, to be honest. Um, so I was very surprised. Um, I suppose you might take the view we were lucky still to have eleven players on the pitch at that point, but it just seemed quite extraordinary to me, to be honest. I just it's just a lack of consistency once again. Thankfully. You know, it didn't cost us. And again, I think what pleased me most about Wednesday was the mental resilience. That was a tough first half, dodgy decision. And yet, as you said, quite rightly, second half, we wiped the floor with them. So it worked out in the end, but we've had a few dodgy decisions this season. Let's hope it evens out. Stato, you're never one to criticise referees. Uh, Where do you stand on this one? When I saw it at the game, my eyes followed the ball to the goal line, which Ake cleared off. So at the time, I couldn't understand why the penalty was given. I think like probably like 60,000 people in the stadium, as Tony said a moment ago. Having watched it back on television or later on in the evening, I can understand why it was given. We've had penalties where in the past, when Sterling has got past his man, pushed the ball to the byline, been taken out and the ball went out of play and he wouldn't have necessarily got the ball and we've been given the penalty. So I can understand why it's given a tad harsh, but I can't object to it. I, I thought it, if it had gone against City, I'd have been annoyed. So I'm uh, not giving a penalty for City. So I thought it it was fairly justified in giving it, but it, it some referees wouldn't. And to Tony's point, consistency is the key. Same with Edison's booking early on for time-wasting. He did time-waste. He deserved to be booked. But you see that time and time again at the Etihad and nothing happens until maybe the 85th minute. And it should have happened much earlier. Consistency, that's all I want. Yeah, you make a really good point. Uh, I think it, it, I think you're absolutely right. And I said to uh, my mate next to me, I said, he's going to get booked here. There's absolutely no question. He'll keep doing it until he is, uh, which is, of course, what he did. And, but you're absolutely right. How many times does that happen when it goes to the 85th minute, as you say, and, and somebody gets booked? So I think credit to to the referee for doing that. But but your view, Nick, on the penalty, we've got one for and one against at the moment. So you got the casting vote before I tell you what the truth is. <laughs> well, I, 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 you, you can tell me what what the truth is. I'll tell you what the 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 reality is. The reality is that Anthony Taylor is one of the senior referees by the fact that by by default and the fact that he's still around um, because he's never been any good and he never will be any good. The guy's got no brain and. Um, his decision making is extremely poor. Um, you can argue till the cows come home as to whether that's really a foul or whether it's really not a foul. The reality is that in ninety nine percent of occasions, those those penalties are not given. Um, he's pulled one out of the air, Taylor. Partly, probably because Arteta has been banging on about the bad decision that he got. Um, a few days before and that he wanted his two points back um and um I, I, I and i think it's just um it was an it was a nonsense of a decision so you know all all the discussion and the the argument by the the so-called experts in studios up and down the land afterwards is is not worth a bean as far as i'm concerned that's the reality of it and the same goes I would just reiterate the point that Paul made about the uh, time-wasting yellow card. One thing that drives me absolutely mad is that when I go 
to the Etihad, I have to watch 15 minutes of the 90 of goalkeepers taking goal kicks. That's the reality. You know, a large proportion of opposition teams' possession statistics against us at the Etihad are made up of minutes and minutes of taking goal kicks. Um, So when he pulls out a card after 20-odd minutes, it just makes you laugh, quite honestly. Um, I'm going to take issue with you on your comments about Mr Taylor. I think he's one of our better referees, and and we maybe sort of save that for another day. I don't doubt Um, that. Yeah. Um, Relative. Indeed. And of course, the beauty of this, of course, and you've made the point already, Nick, which is, of course, it's all about opinion. Um, And that's the problem with the foul Um, in the penalty area, outside the area, whatever it is, it's all about opinion. That's why VAR will never, ever work when it comes to fouls and was never going to work with fouls. Um, I thought I'm with Stato, actually. I can see why he gave it, actually. and I I think they probably should be given more often a bit like that. I think there's only one reason Edison came out. I don't think he was ever going to get the ball and he didn't. And I think it's a foul, Um, even with with my sky blue spectacles on, gentlemen. But there we go. Um, we, but it's about opinions at the end of the day. Um, in terms of kind of that, kind of gave us a bit of momentum. That meant we went top of the league, <laughs> and then then we go to Forest, away to Forest. And I, I read a statistic that said that I, I wasn't at the game. Actually, I have to admit, so I, I didn't go away to Forest. But but the first fifteen minutes, City had ninety one percent possession. I read ninety one percent possession. We had twenty odd shots. And of course, we all know what happened. And I'm just really interested to know, um, Tony. Just kick us off on this. What's it? Let's just let's just having had the amazing top of the league moment that that we all had at at Arsenal. We suddenly knocked back down to earth with a one all draw. What what's what are your reflections? Let's try and pick this apart a little bit and spend a bit of time talking about Forest away. I was just in a bit of a daze after that. I just could not believe how it was possible for us to throw away the three points there. But possession's fine. We know we dominate possession, but you don't get points for possession. You know, there's got to be an end product. And you might say we're a little bit unlucky. You might say we're a little bit wasteful. But surely there comes a point when a manager has to say, you know what, it's not our day in front of goal. I'm playing a back three. I've no left back. Maybe, just maybe, I'll do what 99.99% of managers in the universe would do and just shore things up for the last five minutes or maybe just encourage my players to take a two-minute breather just to break up the play and have an injury or a bit of cramp coming to the ends. The same thing that... Forrest did in injury time when absolutely nothing more was added on quite remarkably. So there's a bit of naivety there, but you know, I thought um, the players spoke well after the game. We should, it was two points thrown away and it's not acceptable really at this level. We worked so hard to get into the game. Um, It should have been put to bed. It really should, but just, just, just do what you need to do to win one nil win ugly occasionally, but Pep's a purist. And I suppose we have to respect him for that. But Nick, it wasn't a bad performance. We did dominate. We created loads of chances. They only had one shot on goal. I mean, <laughs> we know what happened, of course. But but when you sort of see that in context, it wasn't a bad performance. We just didn't put the ball in the back of the net enough. No, I'm going to be quite positive about it actually because I agree. It was it was a horrific result. Um, but we have seen those games you know, a dozen times over the last half a dozen years. We do that every so often. Um, it just happens. But it was it was different to some of the terrible performances that we've seen over the past two, three months because 
it was a proper old school screw up. We played really, really well. We absolutely dominated the game to a level that's almost unheard of that any other team ever does. We made a load of chances. We had a typical sort of tough uh, first half where it was difficult to break them down. But, you know, you kind of knew that they would break eventually, that we would get the chances in the second half, which we did. There were some absolute clown shows in front of goal from various players who we would not normally expect to see that from. We would have normally expected that sort of uh, 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 clowning from one or two of the players who are no longer with us. But it was so it was just one of those days. But it, on the plus side, it looked like we were actually back to where we would would like to be. And normally, with with a performance like that, but a result like that, you can actually sort of think, actually, we might, in the next couple of months, see a string of much, much better results if we keep playing like that. So I don't want to name anybody. I don't, everybody knows who missed, their, what, missed the chances. But it was just so bad, it's not worth looking at the details. It, uh, overall, I thought it looked really good for a lot of reasons. Uh, so, Stato, great performance, terrible result, says Nick. Yeah, I'm with Nick, except I will name the players. I t- totally support what Nick said, because I think we were so good in that game, we just couldn't put the ball in the net. We played so much better than most of the other games we've played in since the World Cup break and just before then. But let's look at the individual misses. First half, Rodri heads it wide. Nine times out of ten, he get it on target. Second half, Laporte's header straight at the keeper. 99 times out of 100, that goes in. Foden stumbles when he's not sure whether to pass it to Haaland or shoot himself because he's been told off in the past, probably for not passing it to Haaland. So 999 times out of 1,000, we'd probably score that goal. Then the Haaland miss, where he hits it down, hits the bar, comes back out, he's four or five yards out. I'd say 999,999 times out of a million, he scores that. And he blasts it over. I mean, I think I could have put that one in. I'm not saying I'm anywhere near the class of Haaland. Maybe not. But... It was one of those days. KDB's shooting boots. I think he put five shots all wide, whereas you'd expect him to get at least one on target. And the one shot we did really get well on target um, was uh, Gundogan's free kick. And the keeper made a tremendous save. I'm not sure if it was going in. It's difficult to tell. But those are the fine lines. And then you look at the Arsenal game earlier in the day where it comes back off the crossbar and is headed in by Martinez by an own goal. I mean... Those are the fine lines that make the difference. Let's just hope, as Nick said, we've now turned the corner. We're going to start playing well. And Arsenal have had a little bit of luck in that goal that made it 3-2. And we know what happened to go to 4-2, but that was because they went up the other end. So, yeah, I'm not hip- I'm not critical of City on, on Saturday, apart from their finishing. It was one of those games. OK, well, we'll allow Nick to be critical of the referee then, if you're not going to be critical of City, because we had kind of Worrell on Haaland for a, another pen. Where, where are you on that one, Nick? Do you think that's another terrible decision from a terrible referee again, or, or was that Haaland really went down a bit too easily? Where do you sit on that? Just just to give you the opportunity. Oh, well, I think Haaland went down too easily, quite honestly. Um, I think he was... Good refereeing, then. A bit of an arse. Good refereeing? Uh, Credit to the ref for not giving it. Is that what you're saying? Just just so we can hear it on 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 air for the well, first time, Mr. Scott. Well done, Mr. No, Scott. Think, Good decision. 
No, I thought the referee was was exceptionally average at, at, at best, but he he made a decision in that instance which was very supportable. I don't think there was a major argument about it, but I don't think it was you know it wasn't the hardest decision in the world. Quite honestly, you know there are a lot of those decisions where a player gets touched on the shoulder and goes down like he's been pulled over, you know, backwards by by a, 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 an HGV. Um, and that was kind of one of them, but he he was barely touched by the looks of it, Harlan. I mean, he really shouldn't have gone down. It was part of a, a pretty poor afternoon that Harlan had. Tony, is that fair, I think? Just quickly on the penalty before we move on. I'm quite enjoying myself on the Nottingham Forest show tonight. This is great. Um, yeah, it, on the one hand, you say, why on earth would you go down? You know, he was through on goal and he's quite capable of finishing. But uh, listen, I think for the better good of the game, it's quite right they don't give those penalties and people stay on their feet. It's quite interesting to compare it to the uh, Arsenal one where he was hauled down uh, and they pulled him back for an offside. I mean, I wonder if a Kanji had cleaned out Rashford what they would have given in the derby, but maybe that one's for another day. Um, no, no, he should have stayed on his feet um, and he should have scored. Enough of refereeing decisions. Tato, we haven't mentioned Bernardo's cracking strike from outside the box and he's not scored <clears> for a while. Um, he seemed quite pleased with that as well, I think, when he scored it. I think he deserved to feel quite good about it. It was a terrific shot. Uh, nice off, simple into his path by Grealish, another assist. And he hit it true right into the... It wasn't a top corner. I mean, it might have swerved a bit. Navas, I'm not sure. It didn't seem to get near it, but I think it was the sheer power that beat him. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, lovely. Love to see those goals, especially when scored by City. Nick, just sort of taking a, a view of these last two games, it, it means that we are now, what, two points behind Arsenal and they have a game in hand. Uh, we're more than halfway through the season. How, how do you see it then now? Are Arsenal firm favourites? Do you think they're going to sort of drop a couple of points between now and the end of the season? It's theirs to lose or are City favourites? How, how, how do you see this sort of title run in? Well, the... I'm not sure where the bookmakers are now after the weekend results. After the Arsenal game, we were back to being relatively clear favourites. Um, the uh, I guess it's a little bit tighter now, but um, it's all. I, I think it's all. It, it it's predominantly in our hands. Uh, it comes down to how well we play. Um, Arsenal will drop a few points along the way. There's no doubt about that, particularly if we are breathing right down the back of their necks. Um, but we're still not quite sure how we're going to perform over the next three months or so. Um, so it's just very open. I mean, we've, 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 we have the luxury of having won four out of the last five. Um, if we don't win it this year, say la vie. Uh, we'd like to be playing well enough that Arsenal have to win it rather than we just let them win it. I think that's the key point. Uh, it would be painful if it didn't go our way, but uh, we would just have to accept it. Um, it's too close to call, I think. That's the reality. Tony, too close to call or are one of these teams' favourites in your eyes? Well, listen, Arsenal are two points clear with the game in hand. I know whose shoes I'd rather be in. That said... We have now played, I think we've got a big seven now. I think we'd all accept that with Newcastle this year. We have played all the other six teams in the top seven away from home. 
So that must surely count in our favour. But we've won three consecutive games on the bounce this season. That's the best we've managed. That's the worry for me. We just don't seem to be going on these runs. I thought we beat Forest, we disappear over the horizon. And, and mentally, it's been a real setback for me. So we'll have to see. We have the players, we have the squad to win this league and to win it comfortably. And we can keep saying we're the best team in the league and we play the best football in the league. But Arsenal, and God forbid I should have to mention it, but I think I do, a certain club from just outside Manchester seem to have the knack of winning games even when they're not wholly convincing. So I think it could well be very, very tight again. I know who I'd like to win it, but we'll have to wait and see. It's interesting. Three-horse race, do you think, Stato, or is it City-Arsenal? And of those two, who's your favourite at this stage? I still think it's a two-horse race. 538, which is a statistical website which based on performance, games to go, gives it marginally to Arsenal, sort of 49%, 47% to City and the rest to the team from outside Manchester. So they call it as Arsenal <clears> just, but after the Arsenal game, it was the other way around. After we, when it was like 50-48, the bookmakers are giving it slightly to City, but that's people putting bets on that, that drives that. Um, as well. So it's really, really tight. I'd say it's 50-50. Uh, I'd be really pleased, obviously, if we win it. All right. Well, listen, let's. Uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come yeah, back... Let's hope it doesn't... When we come back, we'll talk about Leipzig away in the Champions League and Bournemouth away, two away games, one in the Champions League, one in the league, and that's coming straight after this. So Nick Goldstone is not bothered about the league. Let's see if he's bothered about the Champions League. Uh, before we come to him, let's go to uh, Stato Paul Denby first. Leipzig away. On Wednesday, eight o'clock kickoff. If you're not there, eight o'clock BT Sport. Um, what are your thoughts ahead of this one? Good to have the Champions League back again, Paul. It is. It's going to be a tricky game. I don't think Leipzig will be an easy team to to beat. Uh, they're doing reasonably well in the German league this year. I think. I think last time I looked, they were about fifth in the league. But that's the league that Bayern always wins. So it's um, they're fourth out of the other teams chasing. Um, no, I, they've got some really good players. I'm, I'm not taking this for granted in any way whatsoever. Uh, I think it's going to be a really challenging game. Um, over two legs, we should be good enough to beat them. I'd love to take a positive result there, uh, but it's, it's going to be challenging. Uh, I don't know all their players, but I've seen a couple of them play. They've got a really good striker whose name eludes me for the moment. Uh, and uh, I think it's going to be challenging. Yeah, well, they lost, no, sorry, they won rather, um, away at Wolfsburg at the weekend, 3-0, and they are indeed fifth in the league, as you say, at the moment. So, uh, no mugs. Tony, um, I know you'll have the name of the striker on the tip of your tongue here to share with us, but apart from that, your thoughts ahead of the Leipzig game? No idea. No, another away game, another another anthem to boo, so it'd be nice to have a change there. Um <laughs> Listen, we, we are all the um, we boo all the anthems. Well, now, exactly, though, don't we? but yes, but just, any any anthem will make boo a change. It. Yeah, well, <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, can't say I know a great deal about Leipzig, but I know we're good enough to beat them if we uh, bring our A game. So this is what we're after now, isn't it? A bit of consistency. The games are coming thick and fast, and yeah, look, listen, as Nick says, you know, if this isn't to be our year in the league, then okay, maybe this is the time we prioritise the Champions League. You know, it was interesting we went out to Liverpool a few years ago, wasn't it? That I think that probably got us over the line in the league. So as Wondor shuts perhaps slightly, 
maybe this one opens. So I really hope we go for it this year in the Champions League and terrorise Europe, as Malcolm Allison used to say. We should win this one comfortably. Do you really think that's the case, Tony? Do you actually think that Pep and his team are sitting there thinking, well, actually, if we win the league, that'd be great, but actually we are prioritising the Champions League? Do do you genuinely think that? Do you not think he comes from the position as maybe most City fans think he wants to win every competition he's in? I'm sure he does, but I think especially this season of all seasons, when the fixtures are really concertina, there may come a point where he has to prioritise one over the other. And if the league is looking unlikely, then maybe he does rest a couple of players for the league games and save them for the Champions League. Now, we, we should have a good enough squad to compete in both. You're right. And the purist in, in me, and I'm sure the purist in Pep, says we try and win every single game. Um, but, look, I'm I'm with a lot of City fans. The league has always been my priority. But wouldn't it be nice to win this one just once? It would. It would be good, wouldn't it, Nick? Champions League this year? Yeah, good one to win. Well, look, I have absolutely zero expectations in the Champions League this year uh, based on the fact that I just don't think we've been playing well enough yet. Um, so who knows? This could be the year where we do do it uh, just because we've had so many better opportunities in the past that we've blown it. That, you know, for, for, for whatever reason, it all starts to come our way this time round. And of course, you do need a bit of luck in, in a knockout, effectively a knockout competition, which we've almost never, ever had in that competition. Um, so why not get a bit of luck, even if you're not playing quite as brilliantly as you have been in past years? Uh, that's where I stand on it. Are you going to ask me whether I'd rather win the Champions League than the league? No, Stato. You, no, I'm not going to ask you that because you want me to ask you that, so I'm not going to. <laughs> no, Stato, I don't. What, you always ask me that, so I don't. Want to. No, I'm not going to. I've asked you before. I know what your answer is, Stato. Your 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 response to Nick. Yeah, I'd love to win the Champions League. Clearly, um, if I was given, if I was given the choice, not that you were asking me, I'd go Champions League this year because I just want to win it. I want to get that off our back. Anyway, I'm not asking. I didn't ask you. Why are you telling you me? I'm not interested. Well, does the, the matter whether you're interested? I've already said it. Unless you're going to edit this out as well, then it's there. Um, the, <laughs> you can edit me out if you wish. Um, I just remember the, the the Leipzig player as well. Christopher Nkunku is a, is mm. a player. I think he plays midfield striker. He's, he's scored 17 goals in 20 games. So he's a danger. And of course, they've got Timo Werner now, who's bound to score against us because he was crapped for Chelsea. Absolutely. Listen, let's look forward to uh, the weekend as well, because, uh, as I said, Bournemouth, what, the 17th place just above the relegation <laughs> zone. <sighs> You know, if, if is this going to be another banana skin? Uh, Stato, help us on this one. Your thoughts ahead of the Bournemouth game then at the weekend? It's just five thirteen again. If you're not there, it's on Sky Sports. Just uh, so I, you know, I can't believe that we would do the same as we did against Forest. We are much better than Bournemouth. We're much better than a lot of teams in the Premier League. Turn up as we did against Forest. Get our shooting boots on. We walk this game. Don't do it, and we could suffer another draw. Simple as that. We should be winning these sort of games. And I say all due respect to Bournemouth, which sounds uh, doesn't sound great, does it? But you know what I mean. We should win these games 3-0 easily. Put it to bed in the first half. Take it easy. We've got games thick and fast coming. Therefore, we need to be able to put games to bed. Take it easy in the second half to keep our players ready for those. And I'd love to be able to do that. So we should win easily. Win easily, Nick. That's not the Champions League, so I'm talking about Bournemouth now. City away at Bournemouth at the weekend. I'm not interested in what you think about the Champions League, whether we win it or not. Just City against Bournemouth at the weekend, please. 5.30 kick-off Sky, Sky Sports if you're not there live. Well, yeah, the 
the problem is that each game is a game in isolation, isn't it? So it could easily, it could easily go, it could easily be a tough one. Um, the the chances of us playing as well and, and creating as much as we did against against them last week, um, but not winning, are very low. But uh, so I, I, I'm I'm relatively confident because I think I think. They gave us a tough game at the weekend, Forest. We should have thrashed them, even though they gave us a tough game. Um, and we didn't, and that was our own fault. I think that we won't do that again. So even if Bournemouth play really well and fight really hard, we'll beat them, if you see what I mean. I do. Tony Newgrass, your thoughts ahead of the Bournemouth game at the weekend? Yeah, it would be ironic. We'll probably be crap and batter them about 5-0, won't we? You just just never know. But, you know, in the words of ABBA, we've we've no more ace to play here. I don't know how many more chances we're going to be given in this league. Um, and we just don't grasp the nettle. So hopefully the players will realise that now this is the business end of the season. No more second chances. Take your chances. Finish the game. Of course, we're better than Bournemouth, who are a great little club, I'd hasten to add. But... You know, we have to start putting these games to bed and putting them to bed early so that we can start rotating the squad after 70 minutes, etc. And we don't all have to live on our nerves. So, yeah, they come thick and fast at the moment, don't they? But we have to now start putting a run together. I think, as Nick said earlier, if if, if we look after our business, I don't doubt Arsenal will drop points and, and we can win this league. But it's up to us. Thank you to my three guests, to Nick Goldstone, to Paul Stato-Denby and to Tony Newgrosh, this is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.